Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. And I'm Ash Epp. My co-host. Or my host. I'm the co-host and she's the host. So we had a little bit of a change today. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so we, um, we have a father who is going to be on the show. And just to give you a little bit of an update, we'll do this hopefully tonight. I think we're, we're scheduled to do it tonight. We'd have to move some, some guests uh, downstream. But uh, he had something that uh, came up as an issue. And, but I... But, but I I want to. Can you give everyone just an update on on what we're talking about? This 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 man, his daughter had Down syndrome, yeah. was was murdered, and we have all of the in a hospital, and uh, we have all of the uh, chronological events of what they did to her, mm. and um, it's I, I've never seen a story like this. I don't even understand. I, I don't. I don't. I, it's I, horrifying. It, it's horrifying. So there's a, a father. His name is uh, Scott Shara. He'll be coming on um, hopefully tonight, as you said. Yeah. Uh, his daughter, Grace, was murdered in a hospital. Um, when you look at the timeline, when you look at the notes, uh, the, you know, the, the medical notes of what they did, um, the medicines that they administered to her, the frequency with which they administered those medicines and the decisions that were made, um, pretty pretty horrifying uh and and we're seeing you know we've earlier this year there were stories of um having to move people you know from from certain states where they were you know forcing people on vents where they were forcing people to use remdesivir uh not providing the you know low cost um known proven treatments for political reasons, and by political, I mean so the pharmaceutical companies could really rake it in. Um, but we're seeing more than just uh, more than just bad decision making, or um, you know, uh, we're 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 seeing what appears to be execution for profit. Well, and and I and you know they they've turned they've made everything so that it's it's on its head. The, the sensibilities, the lack of sensibility, the lack of just basic common sense has, has been abandoned. Mm -hmm. And we are, we are experiencing things today that we've never experienced before, which is leading people to put their head more in the sand because they just don't want to see it. They can't believe that that would even be something that's happening. And so I like to, I, I liken what is happening today to the currents in the ocean. Yeah. Right. So you have the undercurrent, you have the people that are just, you know, continuing to do their job. I, I call it the, the EBIT mentality. Right. So just they, they, it's a functionary. I know that I have to pay money in. I, I just want to you know, play Xbox. I want to get sucked into a different world because the world that I have either sucks or it just becomes too regular. Then you have a current above that, which are people that just 
you know, operate with an, uh, an awareness of, of what's going on, but a totally different ecosystem of just going through life and, hey, I just want to live my life. I just want to be happy. I know that all this stuff is happening, but I'm going to ignore it. Yeah. And then you have this top layer, which is hyper, hyper um, vigilant and understands really what's happening. And that, that, that piece is only about 20% of the population. The other 80% sits below the surface in these different areas. And the danger of that is that they become, they get caught off guard. Yeah. And so then people in this area get sucked into the top area or the people at the very bottom get sucked into it and then they can't unsee it. And when they can't unsee it, it becomes, you know, the, the one of two things. Either you get into the part where you work the problem and you become an ambassador of truth or the other, the, the opposite uh, thing happens and you find yourself trying to run away from um, what you just learned and you become angry, pissed off, mm -hmm. uh, agitated. Um, you choose sides. You, you, you do what, what people are doing out there right now where you demonize others um, um, as a result of that. So it, it, it really is a scary thing for us to be going through right now because as we start talking about um, specifically um, what's happening in hospitals, you, we look at the data and the data tells us that they're killing people. Yeah. It tells us that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, and, and, we, and you would say, well, come on, nobody would really do that. And good people, here's the problem, good people cannot imagine, I mean, to them it's cut and dry. You'll go over here, you'll murder someone, you're a bad person, you're evil, right? But because they don't think that way, they can't understand that people wake up every single day thinking about how they can screw with someone else, how they could actually hurt someone else. But there is a part of our society that that's how they think. They think about power, they think about money. They, and, and the easiest way to maintain power and to make money is to create chaos. There's opportunity in chaos is a reason why that's been around for decades, or excuse me, centuries. Yeah, and I would say, you know, there's, as the Bible tells us, there's nothing new under the sun. No. Um, so these are elements of our society, of our modern society. They're elements of every society that's ever existed, right? You've got evil in the world. We live in a fallen world. And so there is evil. There are evil people. Um, one of the things that I think is one of Satan's greatest uh, accomplishments is convincing us that, you know, the the evil forces in the world, that's myths and legends and, you know, Bible stories of old, but the world doesn't function that way anymore. It absolutely does. There are there are evil forces at play in this world. We see it um, with the abortion issue, right? We've got women and, and men and... and um, Birthing parents, by the way. You can't, say, you can't yeah. say women anymore. And non but, Well, you can. Now now you can. Didn't you hear women are back? Women are back because we're talking what? about abortion. <laughs> they know that what? the left has rediscovered what a woman is. Ugh. Although there's a it's lot of there's though. a lot of trans women and men that are upset about abortion either, so I'm not sure if we've if we've fully gotten back to science yet or or what's going on there. But you see people who are, I mean, the the they're ready to burn the entire country down because there might be restrictions put on their ability to murder babies up into and after the moment of birth. That's evil. That's not a woman's right to choose. It's not health care. Anybody who's saying that a, a baby that's crowning, that's coming through the birth canal and crowning and coming out and about 
to be a human being because it's still possessed by the mother in the birthing canal. She has a right to kill that human being. That's not only an argument for murder, it's an argument for slavery. You're saying that that human life inside of the woman, the only thing that makes it her right to choose that human life is that she possesses it. So now we possess other humans and slavery is okay as long as it's in the construct of leftist ideology. Yeah. And yeah, well, yeah, I don't even know how to add to that. (laughs) Well, the idea that there is no, that, that, (laughs) that, that we're all, you know, going through this, this world, this secular humanist view that, you know, we are becoming the best versions of ourselves, right? We're all going to become the best version of ourselves and we're going to reach some higher level of consciousness or whatever the the current trend is. It's Luciferianism. The idea that you can become like God, the the idea that you can, you know, like the the Buddhist idea that you can reach that higher level of consciousness, consciousness and you're you're one with with nature, with the universe, with whatever it is. It's satanic. What It is the original sin of Lucifer of trying to be like God. The only thing that God asks us for in this world, the only thing he asks for us is to recognize him as sovereign and try to do his will. That's it. And the, when, when you belong to a religion or to a group or to an ideology that says you're just as good as God, you can become God, you can reach that if you just, you know, read my book or, um, you know, buy the right product or believe the right party, you will reach that level of ascension, that level of, of you'll be just like God. That's straight from the pit of hell. And that is the pervasive message in our society right now is do what thou wilt and become your best self. My truth, your truth, your um, reality, my reality. It's it's lies from the pit of hell and it's deceiving a lot of people as they, you know, move to try and become, you know, more trying trying to become gods. And pretty much every other religion on the planet ends there right? You'll be the god of your own planet. You'll reach this level of ascension. You'll reach, you know, this godlike quality. Christianity is is the one that's different. The one that says you have to recognize that God is bigger than you. He is sovereign. That means he is infallible. He's in control. And um, you're, the only thing he asks of you is to recognize him as the creator of the universe. You know, um, I remember when I was talking to my kids, and, and by the way, Mr. Producer, let's put up the, the phone number so we can take some calls, because we are going to take some calls this hour as well, and let you talk to us about you know all the things that we're dealing with right now. And then we have some stuff, some breaking updates about Pfizer, I want to talk about that, um, about uh, cardiac arrest, the, the massive number of people that are dying that we didn't see before, right? So Young people. Young people. 18, 20, 25. Yeah, I think it's like 16 to 39-year-olds yeah. have a 25% increase of dying of cardiac arrest. over. This is a population study of over two years based solely on their post-vaccination status. That increases your your propensity for heart attack by 25%, according to this Israeli study that we're going to get into. Yeah, So, but, but the, the, the thing that, that I always push – you know, that, that we push to when we, when we start talking about all the things that when it comes to accountability, um, and I, and I, and I'll use my kids as an example. They didn't always like me. They, they didn't always like me. And they would, you know, I would ask them a question like, Hey, did you do this? And one of the things I always told my kids is just don't lie to me. 
You can do a lot of things. Don't lie to me, right? I, I, w- I want to know the brutal truth. I want to know the... I want to know, you know, that, that, hey, dad, this is what I did. I'm going to accept the consequences. And, you know, part of being a father, especially coming from a family where, man, my dad was tough. Mm. I mean, all right, just said he just, he beat my ass. (laughs) I mean, it was, it, it was, it was, it was open season. Right. And, um, but I didn't want to do that. So like many parents, as you get, you know, as you go through it, you start learning about, hey, maybe, maybe I don't, we don't have to spank my kids. Maybe I don't have to, you know. I spanked my kids. I had to put my hand on my daughter and my son once. Yeah. My daughter, because she chased my son around, our son around with a, a butter knife, right, around the house. It's crazy. Picked her up, whack, once. And I remember that um, her mother when she was like two would spank her and I walked in the room and I saw her spank my daughter and I literally went, if you, if you even touch, you touch my daughter again, don't even raise your hand to her. Like I was so, <laughs> I was angry. Um, but I, you're a snowflake. No, I spanked, I'm not. I spanked my oh, kids. Let, let me tell you something. It my, works. It, there's my, a, there's a big old difference between the timeout generation and the beat your ass generation. Yeah, but, but hey, listen, my do- my do- the- here's what I used to tell my kids. I will rip you out of your skin. And I remember my kids going, what does that actually look like? So it was a threat <laughs> to get ripped out of their skin before anything else that they yeah. didn't like. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and my son, the same thing. I mean, he just one time he did this thing where he, you know, yeah. like slight debt. Like, I don't have to listen to you, right? Yeah. And I snatched him up, threw him up against the wall. He was like 13 years old. I've never seen his eyes get that big that like consumed his head like, yeah. like an owl. <laughs> um, but I, I taught them that I didn't want them to fear me. Yeah. I wanted them to fear the consequence, like that the, the consequence meant something. And so there was no your truth, yeah. right? It was, I think okay. for yourself. I always told my kids, think for yourself. Right? It, I will not, if you're thinking for yourself, if you're not parroting somebody else's thing, mm-hmm. And you're going through and basing it off of true experience, like knowing that this is not just an anomaly, this is actually the way it is. I will never fault you. We will never have a conversation. We may not agree, but we will never, I will never fault you. And the second part is, is that you have to embrace the consequence. You have to, good or bad, yeah. everything has a consequence. And, and um, so my kids grew up different as a result. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, they had a lot. They were blessed kids. Like I had nothing growing up. They had everything. It's crazy. Went to private school. I mean, literally. (laughs) Went to the best universities, right? So, and I didn't have that option. But the kids today, parents feel guilty about not giving them. They give them so much and they forget that that's what made them entitled. That's what made them this way. And they were easy targets. They're easy targets for the devil if everything just comes that easy. I can still live in my parents' basement and play Xbox and then go out on the weekends and play Antifa Warrior and the world is so bad and I can't believe it's so evil, right? It's easy to, to make them the pawns in this sick little game. Yeah, I think absolutely the critical, the critical thinking aspect of it. Um, you know, for, for me, talking about when our kids do stuff wrong lying always makes it worse right that was about that that was one for us like if you do something there's consequences you're going to feel those consequences if you do something and you hurt somebody else um make it right that's you know these were the principles in our in our house growing up but lying always makes it worse so there's an appreciation and an understanding that there is truth right and what and what lies are but then also 
um, you know, we didn't we didn't give our kids everything that they wanted. Um, they had my kids are incredibly blessed and and privileged. My oldest just turned eighteen yesterday, and I like my biggest thing is he's eighteen years old. My goal as a mom was to get him ready so that he can go out into the world and be a productive member of society and and you know achieve his dreams and go after it and but but not be one of those pawns, right? Not be swayed, not be, you know, in the Bible, it talks about being tossed. You, you don't really believe anything. You don't, you know, um, know what you believe or why. So you're tossed around on waves, right? You're whatever the, the prevailing ideology is, you're, you're kind of flowing with it. Um, Solomon called it chasing after wind, right? Yeah. I wanted my kids to be grounded in reality. Do they have, like, are they straight A students that are going to go to the best universities? No, but they're critical thinkers and they can navigate the world and nobody's going to take my kids for a ride. So for me, I've done my job in getting my 18 year old ready for the world. My um, child rearing looked different than yours. Right. And and that's OK. Right. Because we learn from how we're raised and we want to make things better for our kids and we want to do things differently. Some things we do the same. But to me, the this that we have a lost generation, it's the, you know, the participation trophy generation and the no consequence generation who have been allowed to get away with a lot. Right. Well, and it's, it's now sneaked it, it, it that that is literally moved into leadership roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can talk about what happened in the Supreme Court with the leaked um, opinion, you know, the draft opinion that. That type of behavior, that lack of ethics, that lack of just basic standards of care that are given means that nothing is sacred, nothing. And, and, it's, and it's, it's not, it, it, and I, I've said this before, I've said this before, and, and uh, you know, people have a, have a tr- tough time getting around some of the things that I say because they go, oh my gosh, Joe's anti, uh, uh, anti uh, um, immigration. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, my, my great-grandparents came here from Germany, mm-hmm. right? Were persecuted to, an, um, to, to a degree that I can't even explain to you, right? And so um, Jewish turned Catholic as a result of how Jews were treated in the United States all the way through World War II, by the way. I just want to be really clear. Even after World War II, Jews were treated oh, yeah. horribly in the United States. Real quick before we go on, we have one more sponsor, which is Crowd Health. Uh, health insurance is no longer something that really takes place between you and your doctor anymore. Uh, some people don't know exactly how far it goes, but the government and big insurance companies actually stand between you and quality care more often than you would think. So your health care is now being sold to the highest bidder, politicians, hospitals, big pharma, health insurance companies. They make huge profits at the expense of your health. And lobbyists are fighting to make sure that they won't have competition and you won't have options. So crowd health is not health insurance, and that's why it works. There's no deductibles, networks, complicated exclusions, or co-pays. You see any doctor you want, pay for the first $500 and submit any bills from there. The crowd health community takes care of the rest. So crowd health is a new way to pay for health care. Uh, again, there's no doctor's networks, no premiums, high deductibles, and there's no surprises. So CrowdHealth is putting the community back in community health care. You pay one low monthly total to fund your account, which for most people is less than $200 a month. Uh, 100% of your monthly contribution directly funds and reduces the health care costs of the community. Unlike health insurance, you're not limited by doctor networks. Uh, so you can see anyone you like. Uh, CrowdHealth succeeds by keeping its members happy and not driving up the price. Uh, 
It helps members shop for a great uh, for great care at a fair price, makes payments to doctors and members as quickly as possible, and it negotiates on your behalf uh, when bills do arise. So it reverses the vicious incentives that got the healthcare system into this mess in the first place. So stop paying health insurance companies your hard-earned dollars. Go to joincrowdhealth.com right now and experience freedom from health insurance. Right now you can get your first six months for just $99 a month, 50% off, a lot less than the high-deductible health care plans. Go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code FREEDOM at sign up. That's joincrowdhealth.com. Promo code is FREEDOM. Disclaimer, CrowdHealth is not an insurance company. It's not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. So terms and conditions may apply. So, and I don't know where I was going with this. I, well, I, I would say I, to I, that, you know, and it's 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 cycles again, right? Um, oh. We could say Jews are treated badly in the United States. That's making a comeback yeah. right now. The anti-Semitism that is on both the left and the right right now is making a comeback. We do all this stuff in cycles. There's well, because you have Kazarian, and then you have all the stuff that they're that they're right. saying about Jews, and then there's the 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 um, the cultural Jews, and then you have the right. religious Jews, and then. You know, you have people that that feel like that they're they're born into that, so that should give them some sort of right or or passage, um, which isn't, by the way. There's no free pat. There's no free passes in any race, religion, political affiliation. There's no free passes. But so the re- the reason why I said there that is, is free will. There is, there free is will. no free pass. But nobody knows who leaked it yet. By the way, I just want to be really clear. There's been people that have said stuff about. There's people who said that oh, we know it was uh, Alito's. Um, uh, person it was Sotomayor's person it was uh you know law clerk we don't know who it is yet so people were out there putting up pictures and doxing people we don't know we don't have any idea whoever did it should lose their law license should literally never practice law again and should be stricken from any government structure at all I and, mean, prosecuted. and prosecuted and, and prosecuted yeah but this has a lot to do with and the people that they're talking about that probably that leaked it are first generation just came to this country, feel entitled to take what they have here, have been given free passes after free pass after free pass. Like, come in, we're going to be free education. We're going to take care of you. We're going to give you all this stuff. Give, 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 give. So they feel like they're this, this new powerful people that can, can come in and act with impunity and do whatever they want and tell everyone that the American way of life is bad. And they never had grandparents jumping out of airplanes my grandfather jumping out of airplanes over Germany, defending the freedom in this nation. Yeah. They, they, they didn't have that sacrifice. They didn't lose aunt and uncles. They didn't lose friends and relatives in World Trade Center. They, they didn't go back generations and have their great-great-grandfather lynched in the, in the front yard in Middleburg, Virginia. They didn't have that. They didn't have any of that. They just came over here and bebop, bebop, bebop. Oh, it's bad over here in India, or it's bad over here, right? And they talk about how how the America has destroyed their country. While they're here destroying America, they have no heritage. They're, 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 They're fishermen with no boat. And that's the issue we have in our country, is that we are propping up immigrants, giving them free stuff on our backs, enslaving the American people taking away the American dream, taking away opportunity, and handing it to others. And if you want to see where this has been done before, go to the UK. Go to the UK. 
They are kicking generations, generations that have lived in flats in London. I shit you not. Pardon me, Mr. Producer. This is true. Generations that have lived in London. And an immigrant family comes in and they bring them in from Somalia or some other place. Nigeria. It doesn't matter. All over the world. And they kick them out of the flat. They kick them out. Say, get out. So a lot of the people that are fourth generation, fifth generation, 10th generation from England are now exiled. They are literally strangers in their own country that generationally have spent centuries fighting for and being a part of the lifeblood of that country. That has actually happened. And if any of you have been to, the, been to, to England, you will know this is a fact. And what do you think that they're trying to do here? They're trying to do the same thing. They're creating a ruling class. They're creating a class where literally the elite run everything. And they are replacing American ideals and ideology with an entitlement of immigrants that have no sort of tie to the lifeblood of our nation. And if you look at the patriots in this country, they're all multi-generational. These are people that understand, 100% understand, that this country was founded, blood was spilled in order to give us freedom. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, we have one caller ready. Cynthia, let's, let's go to callers, shall we? Hi. Cynthia, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Joe. Nice Absolutely. to see you, F. Look, it's... The things that are going on in our country right now are, the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun, nothing. It also tells us that the, at the end of time that it is going to be as it was in the days of Noah. Yeah. And the things that we're seeing happening right now are the same things that happened back in Noah's day. They were sacrificing children. They were running amok. They were male marrying male, female marrying female. It, yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. But the Word says that if if we, His people, it, it, and this Word is not talking to all of these even. It says if we, the people, will humble ourselves, pray and seek His faith and turn from our wicked ways, that then He will hear from heaven and heal our land. This, this abortion thing that they're doing right now is an abomination to God. And God's only going to put up with it from these people for so long. And when he says that's it, that's it. And so our job is to pray, to do what God's called us to do. And if we can do what God has called us to do, he promises, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. He will hear from heaven and heal our land. Some of us are out there fighting each and every day. I know y'all are. I appreciate y'all so much. But there's others out here that are fighting every day, too. And will continue to fight. But in the end, God is the one that when he says it's enough, it's enough. Yeah. Amen. So I, I agree with you 100%. I, I, I mean, I, I want to be 
there are there are lots of people that are out there that are that are that remain faceless that are fighting in this fight, right? Yes, that's true too. But but I think that you know one thing that happens in in silence, and I said this last night, is that it was this amazing thing that happened over those five days that God has a way of talking to you in silence. Mm-hmm. And when I was mm-hmm. on when I was sitting in a on a beach for eight hours. I mean, literally, when I was hunting bears, I was sitting on a beach for eight hours. The silence was deafening. I, mean, I remember looking around going, there's not even a bird chirping. Like, this is, this is almost eerie. And then I just started settling into it. But a lot of things came to me as far as that we get, so, we get to this point where we have such a frenzy that we're, we're running ourselves towards something that may not be there yet. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is that we're, I, I believe in the, the principles of a, a Noah moment. Right, I believe in that, but do, do do we have to run ourselves onto the beach? And I found myself running ourselves onto that beach, running onto the the you know that this is the this is the final call, and and as I take a step back, I'm looking and going, maybe it isn't. Maybe we're we're seeing this through beard goggles. Maybe it is biblical, but maybe this these are the warning signs to say that hey, look, you the remnant of this country is larger than we think it is. Now, how do we stand together? Right. How, do we, how do we get back in silence? How do we get back into a silent area, work the problem, do so in a way that honors God, right? Not pushing towards, towards violent ends. Now, if it gets there, it gets there. But we'll know it. We'll know it when it gets there. Mm-hmm. But can we stand in the silence? Can we stand in the silence and create a moment where we just take a step back and go, all right, here's what we're dealing with. This is not true. How do we walk calmly out there and say, this is truth and, and do so collectively? Because I think that the faceless or the nameless people that are out there fighting, they're doing so and they're, they can't see the greater good because they're not a part of it. They're not mm-hmm. a part that, that there's no collective energy that is heading in one direction, but there's a collective evil that's heading in one direction. So how do we slow down for a minute, take a minute and then collect ourselves and then create that solid front of, all right, here's what we're dealing with. Yeah. Let's just let's just dole out the consequence. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I I believe Joe that God gave you that time to get to that place of silence because it's in that silence where God is finally able to talk to us and we are able to listen when we are not so busy with everything that's going on around us. You know, He says, "Be still and know that I am God." Yeah. So how do we how do we get to where we hear that voice? We have to get to that place of silence to where we can hear that still voice within us. And once we get to that place and we're silent long enough, that still small voice becomes the lion of the tribe of Judah. And it gets to that point where when he says turn left you turn left and you don't even think about it because you know that voice. The Word of God says, my sheep know my voice. And it's true that there are many, many people out there fighting that have no clue who God is. And everybody keeps saying, this is going to be biblical. Well, if it's going to be biblical, then God's got to show up. It's at that point now where this whole thing is coming to a crescendo and it's like god is not going to allow it to go on very much longer 
before he puts his foot down and he has his way. And when that happens, people that don't believe are going to see and they will believe. So I want to, I love that you talked about how it says in the end of days, so it will be as in the time of Noah. Mr. Producer, I sent you a video. Can you real quick play that video? Because I want to talk about the days of Noah. All right, so this is a video from Coachella. And what's happening there in the background, and we can play it again in just a second, you'll see a big statue in the background. Can you just play it one more time so folks can narrow in on that statue and see what I'm talking about? So we're in modern society. We're at Coachella Music Festival dancing out. And what are we dancing around? That's a statue of Malek. Malek in the Bible is the, the, the <coughs> god of child sacrifice uh, that um, King Ahaz was uh, sacrificed his, one of his children to, not his firstborn Hezekiah, but one of his children to. Um, this, is, this is the kind of behavior that was happening during the days of Noah. As you said, there was child sacrifice. There was um, men and women lying with strange, fl strange flesh, as it says in the Bible, which is sexual per perversion according to the word of God. There was corruption. There was demonic entities coming into the daughters of men. There was all sorts of things um, that were happening, and we're seeing it now. So when we say, you know, so it will be as in the days of Noah, we're seeing that behavior now. That's not far off. That's not. And and what did Noah do during those times? Was he running around screaming with his head cut off that, you know, the flood was coming? Was he um, telling everybody they had to trust the plan? Was he telling um, what, you know, was he uh, trying to hoard food? Was he? No, he was doing exactly what God told him to do. He was in sync exactly. with the spirit of God. He was listening to the voice of his father and he was told what to do and he did it and he was rewarded for that. Cynthia, exactly. we'll give you a last thought and then we'll let you go here. I got to do an ad read, but I'll give you a last thought. Well, no worries. Um, it's, I, I just want everybody to keep focused on what God is doing in this time. Amen. And, and think about the Word of God says that there's nothing hidden that it won't be revealed. So everything that they've done in secret, everything that they've said behind closed doors, everything that they've tried to keep silent to keep us from knowing it, it's all going to be revealed. And that's what we're seeing right now is everything that they had planned for us, everything that they've been doing, everything is going to be revealed and when the people's eyes are opened there is no more closing their eyes to what's going on right. so keep keep focused on what god is doing keep praying that that's our biggest deal we've got to pray we've got to reach out to god and we've got to get quiet long enough to hear that still small voice and i just joe i just want to tell you i want to tell ash apollo jake all of you guys Thank you for what you're doing, because you are waking people up right now that otherwise would not get awoken. So thank you. Thank you for all, right. all you do.
God bless you. God bless y'all too. So I'm going to do a quick ad read. Um, this podcast brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you or you're concerned about the privacy of your identity. Using incognito mode won't always solve the problem. Uh, IP Vanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. It, IP Vanish helps you brace, uh, safely browse the internet with it, without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, and phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browser history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. IPVanish is offering for Conservative Daily listeners an incredible 70% off their yearly plans for listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 um, on Trustpilot. Uh, go to IPVanish.com daily, and it's important to use the slash daily. So it's IPVanish.com daily. Use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings um, today. So we started this show talking about evil, right? And how evil does exist in the world and, and how, you know, the, the world tries to convince us that it doesn't, that this is, this is how it should be. Mr. Producer, I sent you another video. I don't know if you can. Yep. Okay. Let's pull that one up. It's just a few drops. But yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only. <laughs> it is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. He's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like cut his chest open with broken glass and be like, take my soul. Let me bleed on you. <laughs> it doesn't not happen, let me tell you. Maybe not exactly like that, but it, a version of that has happened uh, many times. What in the world are we looking at? What is that? The, that's, 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 that's our celebrity class. So they're drinking each other's blood? Just a few drops for ritual purposes. For ritual purposes. Yeah, that was Glamour magazine. Um, doing yeah, that was Megan interview. Fox. Yeah, yeah, in, in Glamour magazine, right? So this is mainstream. This is main, mainstream content. Glamour magazine is a mainstream magazine. Absolutely not fringe at all. And that is um, not just talking about the ritual of drinking each other's blood, but glorifying it. So, so we have a friend, um, and Mr. Producer knows who we're talking about, who spent quite a bit of time in Washington, D.C., served in the military. He was a Marine um, who um, got invited to the dance. He got invited to the dance for satanic rituals. And he was, he was a very, very big Catholic. I mean, he's Catholic. And Mr. Producer, you know who I'm talking about. And he had a breakdown because they had, they literally viciously attacked him. And he worked in Washington. He 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 literally worked in Washington. Um, comes from a very affluent family. His his family amazing people, and uh, they they literally he saw too much. Mm. And so when I first sat down and talked to him about it, it it seemed crazy to me. It seemed nuts. Like I I'm like, and I said to him, I go, come on, man, you sound like a you sound crazy. And then he goes, Joe, let me show you some things. And he showed me things. 
And, and I was like, wow, I didn't think about that. He goes, every single time they, they say something out loud, they do so with a smile. And, and I just saw Megan Fox just do this just now with a smile on her face. Um, with, with a smile on her face, she's talking about drinking the blood of others. For ritual purposes. For ritual purposes. Well, what ritual would that be? What ritual would that be? I mean, th- th- this is the part where we, look, we, we, don't, we don't operate our lives in the supernatural. We operate our lives in today. But the supernatural is happening all around us. Mm-hmm. It, it truly is happening all around us. I mean, if we, if we look at where we are, <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we look at where we are right now, this is the supernatural. What, what's happening right now in our society is the supernatural. Where doctors can be convinced of killing people, it is a supernatural. Now, it's not in your face and, you know, people flying through the air and, you know, p- people being consumed by some sort of demon. But make no mistake about it. What we're experiencing today in our society is 100% satanic. Mm-hmm. And, these, and, 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 it, and it is biblical. Mm. But, but they're not hiding it anymore. They're, they're talking about it in the open. And as glorifying people. it, Glor- glorifying it, right? One of the things that really struck me about that video, and we can play it again if you want, but is where she says it's just a few drops and it's done for a very specific purpose. This isn't just, you know, some weird sex fetish that these two have. This is, she says, it's for ritual purposes. And she's very serious in that moment where she's talking about that. This is something that's very serious for them. One of the things that really, and you know, I don't, I don't know if, we've, if you've talked about this on the show, but there was a five-hour video put out by former X Factor um, star uh, Altion Childs. I don't know if you ever saw that. I did not. It's five hours. It's investing five hours in anything is a lot. And my brother, who is um, you know crazy conspiracy theorist, pushed me for a long time to watch it. <coughs> Excuse me. And so um, finally, I was like, all right, get off my back. Finally, I'll, I'll freaking watch it. And so I sat down and wa- I didn't watch all five hours at once because it's, it's a lot. And it's, it's a kind of cyclical process bringing you through and waking you up to see the satanic imagery and symbolism that's in the world around us and how it's everywhere. And there is this thing called brandishing the method or revealing the method where they have to tell you what they're doing. And like you said, they'll tell you with a smile on your face because they know that you're not going to believe them. They know that we've been so dumbed down and so numbed to what is going on around us that if if Comfort. you see it with Comfort. your eyes, it's like that that um, device they use in Westworld, <coughs> where the hosts look and you know you can see something from modern ages, but you're programmed to be in Westworld, and so that doesn't look like anything to me. And that's what they've done to people, to the people around us. The people were like, why won't you just w- wake up? Why, why don't you see what's going on? I remember back in the Tea Party days, I was shaking my family members. This is communism. Why don't you see it? Oh, it's not communism. This is America. There would never be communism in America, right? It's that this is, it's, you know, a bit of cognitive dissonance, a bit of, uh, of um, deniability, but it's happening. Like, this is happening, right? I mean, the, the communism that we saw coming during the Obama years and the Tea Party years is nothing compared to the fact that um, we now have completely centralized 
elections in the state of Colorado. That bill is on the House on the floor today, and I'm told that the House leadership in Colorado, the Republican House leadership, has no will, no political will to go up against the establishment and to fight against that bill. So there's a few brave representatives who are going to go and do everything that they can, but but the the Republican establishment is not on board. They're fully on board with Jenna Griswold amassing the power, right? We're seeing the types of activities that that back during the Obama administration, we were all called conspiracy theorists for saying that that, that level of government control was coming. We've seen the growth of the, both the federal government and the state-level governments taking every right possible away from the individual. This is all a plan. This is how you destroy America. Remember, America, and in particular, the American gun owner, are the only things standing in the way at this time of the Great Reset. So uh, Pray for America had a good comment. You're right. And we, we call it the Great Reset, but Pray for America um, on the website had a, on the conservative-daily live said, the church has gone underground, so the devil has to leave, has leave to do his work in the open. And that is so true. We, we talk about the church, and, and my pastor and I have had uh, discussions about this. And, and my, one of my good friends said the same thing. Strength is not what you say, it's what you do. Mm. And the church has been anemic. Mm. It has not shown any strength. And it has been under the, the oppression of, well, I'm a 501c3, and they could take away my status yeah, if I talk about it's it. about money. And, and I, I would say that moral depravity, ethics, are not political. It, it's, it's not subjective. It's not a political conversation to talk about saving babies. Right. It's biblical. It's not a, a political conversation to talk about uh, you know, people wanting to dress up like a woman when they're a man. It's biblical. It, it's it's not political to talk about, um, you know, uh, burning, looting, and, and destroying communities. Mm-hmm. It's biblical. So we have taken biblical, and we have renamed it as political. Mm-hmm. And, and so the church has gotten away with this. And, and the, the church has been infiltrated. Where would you go? Where, where, would you, where would you think the devil should hang out? Where do you think the devil should infiltrate? You, you know, and look, I didn't want to do a show where we, we just made this about God, but maybe we should. Yeah. Maybe every show should be centered on God. Well, and I would say, just to that point, we had an entirely different plan for this show, and then that got flipped at the last minute, and I think that this, this show was God's plan. Because this absolutely needs to be said. We're living in a time when the prevailing ideology is do what thou wilt. John Adams said, and I'm going to butcher this because I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said, in effect, the, the American Republic is only suitable for a moral people. It is wholly unsuitable for others because immoral people cannot govern themselves. Right. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that we have immoral people that have taken over every institution in America from the, the power centers of government down to the churches. My biggest issue with the church, and I've said this a bunch, and I mean it, is that you look exactly like the world. We are called to be in this world and not of it. When, when the world decides to shut down your congregation and make people go into hopeless despair for over a year, you're called to be different. You're called to keep your doors open. You're called to welcome those people in, to find out who's shut in, to find out who's, who need, who's needing help, who's in despair, who's suicidal. 
not to close your doors and go to online services and make them as entertaining as possible so you get as many clicks as you can. You look exactly like the world. And so churches that are more worried about their tax status than the health and well-being and spiritual condition of their congregation, of their flocks, you're the people Paul talked about in 2 Timothy. I'm so disgusted with the American church. There are so few pastors out there who are willing to even talk about what is happening to our society. Most of them want to talk about feelings, want to talk about seeker doctrines of here's how you can be happier, prosperity gospels. God talked about those people. Paul talked about those people. Christ talked about those people. They're apostates. They're a cancer to the church. And so to me, our, our problem, it goes, it goes back to what Cynthia, our caller, was saying about how there is this, you have to get to, and you, you know, in the stillness and the quiet of Alaska, you have to get to this point where you can hear God's voice. And there is so much noise around us. We're, we're living in a time of screens all around us. There's seven screens in this room that I'm looking at right now, right? There's, I'm in a studio, so you know, probably more than, than most places, but we're, we're, we're surrounded by messages. We have communication coming at us all the time, all these messages, all these things, all of them in 140 characters or less meant to make you think you know what you believe when really all you have is somebody's headline that they wrote. And you cannot get to that quiet place to hear the word of God. When Christ was here on earth, he was an example to us about how he told us how to pray, right? But what did Christ do regularly in the Bible, in the Gospels, when we read of it? He took leave from everybody around him and he went to spend time with his heavenly father. He went and he got quiet. He got in that still quiet place with God and he listened and he communed with his heavenly father. That is a, a habit that is certainly not celebrated in our society, not as much as drinking each other's blood for ritual purposes, um, but it's not even taught or, or really encouraged in the church, not in any meaningful way. And that is the, the, the institutional corporate church in America, I think grieves God's heart in a massive way because you look exactly like the world and the world ain't pretty, not to God. I, I want to... You're right. A hundred percent. You're right. I want to come back to something. And some of you may say that, um, what I'm about to read, you know, oh, Martin Luther King was a bad guy. And I've studied Martin Luther King for, for decades. I, and I, and I, I've studied all of his letters that he wrote, um, specifically, um, about extremism and the fact that he was called an extremist. He was called an extremist. And if you know anything about Martin Luther King, you know, the I have a dream that one day he, he did that in Washington. Mm-hmm. That will be, they'll be judged by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin. Yet today they've taken everything that Martin Luther King tried to do. Remember, it was the FBI, it was the extreme, it was the Democrats that killed Martin Luther King. It was the FBI that killed Martin Luther King. It was the FBI that killed John F. Kennedy. I mean, it was our intelligence community that killed these people. They killed them. There's nothing left to be said other than they killed it. The apparatus that they created was allowed to get away with things like that. And still are. 
and, and they killed Martin Luther King. They killed JFK. The truth of those things have never come out, and the intelligence community has never been held accountable for anything. So, so it, it, you know, Martin Luther King in this in this letter really said some things that I that I that I think everyone needs to hear. And and as you start as you start getting into the the meaning behind what he said, right? The meaning behind his letter in Alabama. There's something, there's something that he said that I thought was, that was interesting. And I want to read this to you because this is prophetic. Now, this was in June of 1963. There was a time when the church was very powerful in the time when the early Christians rejoiced at being deemed worthy to suffer for what they believed. Now, many of us that are out there fighting fight for what we believe, okay? In those days, the church was not merely a thermometer for recording the ideas and principles of popular opinion. It was a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. Wherever the early Christians entered a town, the power structure immediately sought to convict them for being disturbers of the peace and outside agitators. agitators. But the Christians pressed on in the conviction that they were a colony of heaven, called to obey God rather than man. Small in number, they were big in commitment. By their efforts and example, they brought an end to such ancient evils as infanticide and gladiatorial contest. Things are different now. So often the contemporary church is a weak, ineffectual voice with an uncertain sound. So often it is the arch defender of the status quo. Far from being disturbed by the presence of the church, the power structure of the average community is consoled by the church's silence and often even vocal sanction of things as they are. But the judgment of God is upon the church as never before. If today's church does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will lose its authenticity, forfeit the loyalty of millions, and be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no meaning for the 20th century. Every day I meet young people who are, whose disappointment with the church has turned to outright disgust. Perhaps I have once again been too optimistic. Is organized religion too inextricably bound by the status quo to save our nation and the world. Perhaps I must return, perhaps I must turn my faith to the inner spiritual church, the church within the church, as the true essentia, ecclesia, excuse me, of the hope of the world. But again, I am thankful to God that some noble souls from the ranks of organized religion have broken loose from the paralyzing chains of conformity and joined as an active partners in the struggle for freedom. And they have left their secure congregations and walked the streets of Albany, Georgia with us. They have gone down to the hallways of the South on torturous rides for freedom. See, this is the difference. The difference is, is that he talked about this back in 1963. Absolutely prophetic. And when he talks about what they're seeking, are they seeking reparations? Are they seeking anything that goes back in history and tries to make amends for what happened in the past? Or is he trying to get the church to come back to, in some way, the ability to stand up for what our society should represent? That people died of, of all colors on the battlefield, in the Revolutionary War, in the Civil War. And many want to rewrite history. You know, history is written by the victors. But they want to rewrite history. But the, the, 
<laughs> the Civil War had a lot to do with slavery. It did. Mm-hmm. It had to do with a difference, the differentiating opinions of social constructs. And yet we abandon that. We, we abandon the good work of people like Martin Luther King. The good work of waking us up, not to an idea of individualism, but on what the country is supposed to stand for. And when he talks, he never talked about it just being about the United States. He always looked at it from a worldview. Mm. And the worldview was, as goes America, so goes the rest of the world. And he's right, because if we look back at World War I and World War II, when the U.S. entered those battles, it was the grit and determination and the, the, the commitment of the American ideal mm. that, that they, they hung on to, because they went through it, the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. Those were still fresh in people's minds because this country still had generations of people that sacrificed fathers and grandfathers and mothers to wars that were to preserve freedom. And so he goes back to talking about freedom. And so when, when we talk about where we are today and what the church has done, I feel abandoned. I don't feel abandoned by the Catholic Church. I don't feel abandoned by, I feel abandoned by all of them. Because when they tell me, when I sit in the congregation to turn the other cheek, I look at the idea that by, by saying that this is your, give me your money. Please tithe your money to me. Make me be your God. As I talk to you about what God wants you to do in becoming anemic, in our society to standing up to all of the evil that we face. The church has been silent. And as a result, they're not talking about the they're not talking about churches ki- or excuse me, hospitals killing people because to them they're like, "Well, we can't talk about that." Mm. I'll, I'll be I'll be considered an extremist. I'll be they'll they'll take away they'll they'll, they'll attack me. They've become cowards. And remember Jesus didn't walk into the courtyard and, and turn over tables on the street where people trying to make money. He didn't do that. He turned it over inside the temple. He literally flipped the tables and said, this has become an abomination to my father's church. Whose conflict, who's, who, who did Jesus have the greatest conflict with? The Pharisees. The Pharisees. The, the people who pretend to be religious but know nothing of God. Um, I don't like labels. Uh, I, I don't um, belong to a political party. I don't want to be labeled with any of that. I don't. I designed the the ground game of the U.S. election integrity plan and deliberately made an organization that had no members and was a voluntary exchange of talents and skills and passions and service based on Americans just engaging with each other. Right. That is. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of of labels, and I don't. I don't generally join a lot of things. Um, so for that, you know, I think the the way that people think about Christian, the um, the stereotype or reputation of a Christian in modern society is not something that I identify with. And I am. If I think about the past couple of years. Uh, on this, you know, kind of awakening journey that I've been on with a lot of you, um, I, I've been really convicted about how God said the way is narrow. Um, in the Bible, they called themselves, in, in Acts, they called themselves people of the way, right? And that was people who were going to be different. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. People who are called to be different 
and to do it different. Remember, they pooled all, they were very communist, right? They pooled all of their, all of their resources and went out in the world to do the work of God. That way is narrow. For too long in this country, we have, we have tried to keep our moral framework um, particularly people who identify as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, as members of the body of Christ here on earth. We've tried to keep our moral framework in place, but play a little too closely with the world. I, I'm fully guilty of this, right? I, I was in, in corporate America for 20 years, and all of this stuff that we're living right now was baked in corporate America. I was um, writing, you know, being asked to write LGBTQ content back in 2004. Um, and so this is, you know, a long, a long journey that I've, that I've been on. But if, a, if the church in the world during a time such as this isn't willing to engage with the culture, isn't willing to say things that might get them called bigot, isn't willing to call out sin in this world, isn't willing to be the hands and feet, but rather to just throw money at a problem and somebody else can be the hands and feet. But I gave money, so I feel fine about it. Um, that church is no, of, of, of no use to God, in my opinion. God can use anything. He does, right? He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But if, if you're not listening to the words, if you're not listening to what he's telling you, and if you're not acting in boldness to stand in the gap and say enough come no farther this is not this is not okay um i i i i think that you have a lot to question because this is the time we were created and put here for such a time as this and i've said this a whole bunch and i'm going to say it again the greatest privilege that you can have during this time is being awake being awake and seeing what's going on and having an opportunity to say at the end of this, whatever it looks like, I did everything I could. I fought for my kids so that my kids can have freedom. I'm not going to, you know, go lay, lay at home and, and watch the Kardashians while others are out in the street, while others are meeting with their officials, while others are serving homeless communities, while others are being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, being the body of Christ in this world if, if that's not you, what are you? So Where I want to. I want to acknowledge this too. I want to acknowledge this, and that is somebody said I'm. And this is uh, Jerusalem. Uh, I may not be a Christian, but I will always fight for morals, right from wrong. It's something that we all feel in our soul. Mm. So it's it's a strong thing to talk about because as we start leaving people behind, I never want to leave people behind. But the, the church is a symbol in this country. And, and when I say church, I mean places of faith, right? And I think that uh, as we start looking at places of faith and how those places of faith affect us as people, we, we have to identify with and start holding them accountable but, and, and, and weeding ourselves away from those churches that literally are ineffectual, that, that, that are, are telling people to just ignore what's happening in society and we're going to pray it away. Yeah. Because you cannot, you cannot pray away evil. You can pray, but it says very clearly in the Bible that, that you, you know, faith without works is dead. You can't rely on God to do all the hard work for you. That, that's a myth. Yeah. The, the, the myth is, is that God's going to do it for you, that God's going to you know, sweep you up and put you in a, in a boat and give you all the comforts that you have sitting in your home, the air conditioning and the heat and you know, Xbox and all that stuff. It's not true. It's absolutely not true. 
God doesn't want you to lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. No, no, he's not exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a perfect, perfect <laughs> analogy. Perfect analogy. Well, we have a we have a quick video. I think that uh, um, th- this is this is it. Just shows another part of the letting the status quo happen. And by the way, what's happening with Netflix is an indication of what we said before. I don't use Amazon. Like Amazon cannot come to my house. They they come to my house. I see a box. And, and I've, I was very clear with my wife, do, do not, do not 100%, do not come to, do not ever bring a box for Amazon to my house. And the one time she did, the, and the Amazon guy pulled up, I went, what, what are you here for? Well, I'm dropping off a box. Poor no, guy. You're, no, you're not. <laughs> not at my house, you're not. Take it back. Well, you guys ordered it. I, I don't do business with Amazon, buddy. Get off my property. I said that, I said that. The guy looked confused, like, oh, my gosh, why would you order it then? So I could send it back? And, and frankly, I thought about that. What, what if we, what if we did, went to Amazon and just bought a billion dollars worth of stuff and then sent it all back? And we did that 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 15 times. They have free returns, too. They have free returns, yeah. right? Drop it at Kohl's. I, I think it's a great idea. Just have a billion dollars worth of stuff at Kohl's. But, but my, my point is, is that we have to be willing to make the sacrifices and say enough is enough. And I think until we get to that place where we're willing to, and look, I, I, don't, I don't want to tit for tat doing things like that. I, I, I'm not saying that's, a, it's better just to just turn your back on them. It really is. Yeah, I mean, let's remember during COVID, we, we watched, those of us sitting at home, watched as we witnessed one of the greatest transfers of wealth from the middle class and from the individual to Amazon, to Walmart, to other big box stores. Uh, That was coordinated. That was a coordinated thing that was done by the globalists. They shut down the small businesses and they let the big ones stay open. They didn't do it by accident. So there's a heck of a lot more of us than there are of them. And I love, I love, your idea, right? Of let's, you know, at at a minimum, stop shopping at Amazon, stop shopping at Walmart, anything that you need from there, it's going to be a little less convenient, but you can get it somewhere else. If you're buying gifts, go to a small business, go to here in Castle, or I live in Castle Rock, down in Castle Rock, there's an incredible florist, and they have the coolest gifts in there that if you gave a gift like that, um, to someone, it would be something that would warm their heart and they would cherish it. But instead, we go buy, buy cheap plastic crap from Amazon, right, or from Walmart. Make better decisions. It's, this goes back to finding that quiet place. And, it, and, you know, as Jordan Peterson says, first make your bed. We cannot be a self-governed people if we're not willing to govern ourselves. And if we're all running around on autopilot doing what the globalists want us to with this unbridled materialism masquerading as capitalism, um, we're, we're headed for a rough, a rough go of it. Um, you know, as, it, as, as we talked about with Cynthia, it will be as in, as in the days of Noah. And I think the next video is uh, kind, of in, kind of in the line with that. We will wrap, we're going to wrap up with this video. And for those of you that are joining us in the audio version, this is a video of Celine Dion's new line. And I want you to pay attention to the darkness. Children's they're, line, they're, right? Children's, children's line. clothing line. And this is the darkness, the, the absolute darkness that they want to put upon our kids. This is the devil 
right out in front of us. And you can say, Joe, come on, it's, it's just a line of clothes. Don't ever say it's just. That's a justification for allowing these things, to, for them to drink blood and for you to weeks. consume it. It's just two weeks. Go ahead and play it. It's okay, it's okay. I'm Celine Dion. Our children, they are not really our children, as we are all just links in a never-ending chain that is life. For us, they are everything. But in reality, we are only a fraction of their universe. We miss the past. They dream of tomorrow. We may thrust them forward into the future, but the course will always be theirs to choose. Yeah, it did. Yes, it does. And they're all covered I in I can't believe they call security. I mean, oh, come on, I'm Celine Dion. <laughs> I'm not spending the night in jail. Holy shit. Oh. Guys, relax, easy. I'm Celine Dion. Yeah, girl, and I'm Beyonce. I'm calling my agent. Mm -hmm. Just to give you the significance of that, it uh, they covered kids in pentagrams and had a shirt that said New Order. I think it's nice that they have a like the Red Cross symbol and they just have a black cross on them. A black cross. Yeah, you come um, into a baby nursery and try to mess with kids. But they already are. Sorry, They're doing sorry, it at sorry. people's schools. You come anywhere and you try to mess with kids it's not going to end well. It's not, and you're right. They are, they are doing it. Um, I've said on the on the show before. I think one of the biggest reasons I pulled my kids out of their charter school is because they were promoting furries, and uh, you know, trying to the this the, the the attack on the attack on kids, the attack on Christians, people of faith. The attack on conservatives, the attack on people with traditional values is unbridled and full assault. Well, and that's a gender-neutral gender clothing line, specifically. Yeah, you could see on the back wall they had boy and girl, and then they changed it to a, a cross, I guess? Was it, I don't know. Yeah, to the yeah. black cross, which I think is them yeah. crossing uh, these children. So but I you know what I say? Just one, one more thing. Yeah. I love how at the end of it, but I'm Celine Dion, but I'm Celine. By the way, that's exactly how it's going to go. That's exactly how it's going to go. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what songs you sing. I don't care what movies you're in. You're coming for kids. You're coming to destroy the morality of this nation, of this people. You're coming. I Game on. Game on. We just need our side to stop pretending like this isn't happening. I would, I would agree with that. And with that, I want to uh, bring up another comment somebody brought up, and that is, um, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. 
And this, this holds true with pastors. And that's uh, Matthew 24, verse 5. 4 or 5, so excuse me. So uh, with that, we're out of time. Yeah. It, was a, it was a different show today. You're going to have to change all of the, the uh, um, things because we did not talk about COVID. But tonight we're going to talk about, and Mr. Producer, if we could just put up a quick picture. I want to show you guys a picture, and that's A14. Um, of grace. Of grace. Um, actually, A11. If we can put up A11. This is who we're going to talk about tonight. This is Grace. This is the person that was killed in a hospital. She murdered. has Down syndrome. She was murdered. And um, you go to A10 as well. And uh, she was murdered in the hospital, and they gave her cocktails like morphine and um, sedatives, even when she was getting better, and denied her basic care. So we'll be talking about her tonight and having her father on um, as well. Scott uh, Shara. So that's it. Um, Mr. Producer, I'm going to give up. We need a quick prayer because we are way out of time. But if you could just give a quick prayer for us, I'd appreciate it. Father God, we thank you for the blessings that we have. We are working diligently to see your plan done, to see these evils, to see this agenda that embroils all of us, that is coming for our children, that targets our churches that attempts to distort our faith, to twist our minds, to rob us of hope. We ask for courage in the light of all of this. We ask for the courage and the strength to see this, to witness, and to act against it so that we may end it and we may create a world that our children can be proud of, knowing that our children will be proud of us, that we fought for them. We pray that your message will not be distorted, that it will reach our ears and our hearts. It will open our minds so that we may be the people that you have placed us here to be. We ask that all those who are still blinded with the massive campaign to turn them away from you, to distort your word, that they have their eyes opened, that they see you, that they turn to you, Lord. We ask for endurance we are all weary after several years of this, after years of being locked down, of being told that we're crazy, of being told that there's nothing to see here. Years of witnessing our children attacked, of witnessing our voices stolen, seeing a, a false leader in placed in the White House, an unending evil that continues to attempt to pervert all of us. We ask that we continue to see this and we continue without fail, to move forward, to act, to speak out in courage, to be an ambassador of truth, to seek only you and only your plan. Give us the, the tools that we need. Connect us with those we need to meet. Give us the words to say that we may see this agenda ended. We may see your plan done. Show us how to be the, the agent that you have placed us here to be to enact your law. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen. Well, we're out of time. If you, uh, if you like our podcast, please follow us. Um, you can uh, subscribe at your humble. If you want to follow us on Telegram, we need to put up Ash in there as well. You go to t.me slash conservative daily or t.me slash Joe Oltman or t.me slash Ash in America, the A-S-A-S-H-E in America.
Um, if you want to listen to us live, you can go to Rumble, um, conservative-daily.com, DLive, Cloud, Spe- Cloud Hub, and Frank Speech. We do go live on uh, Frank Speech TV 2 um, every day, 4 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. If you want to listen to us on the audio version, you can go to audio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Uh, go over there, give us a five-star review, and if you like it, please share it with someone else that needs to hear it. Today's message was um, not uh, planned, but uh, definitely something that I enjoy talking about. Um, hit the rumble button on your way out if you would, and uh, if you need a, a reminder when we go live, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517. Um, please become a member. You know, we want to make it so that we don't have many um, sponsors, but you can go to conservative-daily.com and you can become a member. And for as little as $10, just support us, but also get access to blasting and, and letters being sent to Congress, which um, we're going to continue to push on uh, related to making sure that we have accountability um, in our legislative group. Um, 2000mules.com. Go to, go to there. They have a virtual showing this Saturday. It's $20. Grab your family. I'm going Grab to see people you are? I am. Oh, maybe I'll just show up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe I'll just stand up in the back and see that they'll let me in. I think they'd probably let me in. Um, but go watch this movie. It's just another piece in the puzzle of how they stole the voice of the American people. So that's it for uh, oh, True Social, at Joel Altman, at Conservative Daily, and at Ash in America. You can find us there as well. That's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am Joe Altman. And I am Ash Epp. And we will see you at 4 o'clock today. Um, Listen, remember, the fight is not won. But we will stand together, and we will do so and make sure we do God's work. God bless you all.